What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Primetime Sports Podcast, hosted by Jeremy Larry. So in this episode, I'm going to preview the Week 7 slate of the college football season. I'll give you a breakdown of a handful of games I could do every single week and give you a prediction with a score for each and every game. We'll start off with the first game being USC at Notre Dame, the number 10 team in the country at number 21, Notre Dame. USC is 6-0 on the year, coming off a 43-41 win last week in overtime of Arizona. Very close game. Fortunate for them to pick up that W. They probably could have lost that game. USC's defense is a huge worry to me. They were a huge worry before the season, and they're still a worry to me now. They gave up 28 points to Arizona State, 41 points to Colorado, and also 41 points to Arizona. That's not good in my opinion. Giving up 27 points per game and 421 yards per game overall defense on the season. Obviously, defense was a weakness them going into the season, but giving up 28, 41, and 41 to Arizona State, Colorado, and Arizona, even though Colorado is a good team, still not a great look for that defense. And overall, giving up 27 points per game and 420 yards per game on defense, that's not great. So that defense has to get better. And if they want to beat this Notre Dame team today, they have to be strong, not only on defense, but on offense as well. Their pass rush has been decent. That's one thing that's been good on their defense. 23 quarterback hits and 22 sacks on the season with eight forced fumbles. The issue is points allowed, but they do have a plus four turnover differential on the season. Their quarterback is Caleb Williams, a top Heisman candidate right now. He won it last year, still the favorite or one of the favorites to win it this year. He's probably in second, I think. I think Michael Penix right now is the favorite. And in my opinion, I think Penix will win the Heisman. I had him before the season being my Heisman winner, and I still stand with that today. Williams on the season, though, 1,822 passing yards, 22 passing touchdowns with an interception and six rushing touchdowns as well. Can beat you with his legs, which Notre Dame has to find a way to contain today. A lot of people are hoping that their NFL team tanks for Caleb Williams. If you're in the bottom right now in the NFL, the Giants, even the Patriots, maybe people talking about it, the Cardinals, the Bears. A lot of people looking for their franchise to tank and try to get Caleb Williams. But I don't think you automatically lose out on your quarterback of the future if you don't get Caleb Williams in this draft. Williams right now is the number one overall prospect. Everybody wants him. He's the generational prospect in most people's eyes. But there's a lot of good quarterbacks in this draft coming up. And I think there's a quarterback that's better than Caleb Williams. And that's Michael Penix. I think Michael Penix is better than Caleb Williams. He's a little bit older and has had his injuries, which is an issue. So that's one thing that's been holding him back is injuries. And he is older than most quarterbacks in this upcoming draft. But I think Penix is better than Caleb Williams. It's a hot take. Most people probably hear that. But I think Penix is the best quarterback in college football right now. But that's not taking away from Caleb Williams. He's had a great season so far. And obviously USC is a very great offense. One of the best in the country. But I do like Michael Penix more than I like Caleb Williams. They have an electric wide receiver on USC, though, Zachariah Branch, who's a game-time decision for this game. 13 catches for 178 yards and two touchdowns in the year. They also have Dorian Singer, who's a great wide receiver as well. Brendan Rice is also in that receiving core. He's a track star as well. They have so much speed in that wide receiver room. 21 catches on the year for Rice with 434 yards and seven touchdowns. And then they also have another talented receiver in Taj Johnson, who has 21 catches for 456 yards and five touchdowns on the season. Notre Dame is 5-2 on the year, coming off a tough loss last week to Louisville 33-20. Tough game for Sam Hartman, who had 254 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, but did have three interceptions in the game and two fumbles. I expect a bounce-back game for him today. I don't expect him to have five turnovers again on the season. He's averaged 244 passing yards per game with 16 passing touchdowns, three interceptions, and two rushing touchdowns on the air. His only bad game came against Louisville last week. I was never really high in Notre Dame India's pass. I always thought they were ranked higher than they should be. But this season, honestly, I think they're an underrated team, especially with their ranked right now at 21 heading into this game. Obviously, that loss last week is a big reason they fell. But I really started to buy into them more this season with Sam Hartman at quarterback. And I expect him to have a big game tonight. 
They also have a very good running back in Audric Estime, stud running back averaging 99 yards per game on the ground and seven rushing touchdowns. Their defense is very good, giving up just 16 points per game and 280 total yards. So that's obviously one very good thing for that Notre Dame team is their defense. Against Ohio State, the number three team in the country in week four, they lost 17-14. to And it was a game that they lost in the last snap of the game, last play of the game they lost, and they easily could have won that game. So I think they're better than their record shows, 5-2. and two. And I think they're also better than their rank at 21 in the country, which I understand that loss last week is going to make them drop in the rankings, but I think they're better than that. Their best defensive player is Howard Cross, a defensive lineman, 42 tackles on the season with two tackles for loss, a sack, a pass deflection, and two forced fumbles. And then Xavier Watts is a guy to look out for in the defensive backfield for Notre Dame, 29 tackles, a tackle for a loss, three pass deflections, and two interceptions. I think it'll be a great game to watch. I think it'll be very close. I like Notre Dame more because of their defense, and I also like Sam Hotman as well. A ton, even though Caleb Williams is great, Sam Hotman I expect to have a bounce back game considering how poor he looked last week. I would go with Notre Dame winning this game 38-35 in a shootout, a very close game, but I like Notre Dame to come out on top with the win. But that's obviously a very good quarterback battle to watch, Hotman versus Caleb Williams. And as I mentioned already, a lot of people want their teams to tank for Caleb Williams, but there's so many good quarterbacks in this year's draft that just because you don't have the first overall pick doesn't mean you miss out on the quarterback of the future. And as I said, I think Michael Penix is the best quarterback in this draft. Drake May and Caleb Williams are very close as well. I think it's Penix number one, and I'd honestly favor Drake May over Caleb Williams. That's probably a hot take to most people because everybody wants Caleb Williams as their quarterback for the future. He's a generational talent that a lot of people are talking about in the media week in and week out. But I think Penix is a better quarterback, and I think Drake May is a better quarterback. I just feel like right now Caleb Williams is overrated with how much he's getting talked about. I think he's a good quarterback, but a lot of people looking at this draft as Caleb Williams and then a huge gap between the rest of the quarterbacks in the draft, whether it's Drake May, Bo Nix, Michael Penix. There's going to be a lot of good quarterbacks in this year's draft. Just because you don't get the first overall pick doesn't mean that your team completely fails and your future's over with. I think there's a lot of good quarterbacks, and I think Penix is better than Caleb Williams, and I also think Drake May is better as well. I think right now Williams is a little bit overrated. Still a very good quarterback. Obviously, the stats speak for themselves there. But I think he's getting a little bit overrated with how much hype that's been around him over the last year or so. So now I'm going to move on to Miami at UNC, the number 25 team in the country, U-Miami at number 12 UNC. Miami had a brutal loss last week to Georgia Tech. They could have won the game if they decided to take a knee at the end of regulation. Rather than that, they decided to run the ball. They end up fumbling the game away. Georgia Tech recovered the ball and then scored a touchdown to win the game. That's all on head coach Mario Cristobal in my eyes for not calling a knee. That's all on him there. You can blame the running back for fumbling the ball there which I know a lot of people probably will. But if you take a knee there, the game's over with. So it's on crystal ball there, in my opinion. The Hurricanes still off 4-1 on the year. They would have been 5-0 with that win last week if they decided to take a knee, as I mentioned. Their offense is averaging 39 points per game and 505 yards per game. Their quarterback is Tyler Van Dyke. He's been balling this season, 266 passing yards per game with a 73% completion percentage, 12 passing touchdowns and 4 interceptions. Their wide receiver leader in touchdowns is Jacoby George. He has 23 catches with 337 yards and 4 touchdowns on the year. And their defense is allowing 268 yards per game which is great, and just 14.6 points per game as well. They have only 11 sacks in five games, so they really haven't generated much pressure. That's one thing they have to be better with, but the defense has only given up just 15 points per game, which is very impressive. As for UNC, they've been very impressive this season, especially on offense. 500 yards per game and 37 points per game as well. So 500 yards and 37 points per game. That's an unreal average. Drake May has been great. 325 passing yards per game. Eight touchdowns to four interceptions with 35 rushing yards per game and four rushing touchdowns. He hasn't really put up the huge numbers yet this season, especially touchdowns-wise, just 12 total touchdowns. But I think it's coming. I think Drake May is a very good quarterback. I think if you look at that offense, their lead back is Omario Hampton. He's taken seven touchdowns away from Drake May. They decided to throw the ball in the red zone more than running the ball in the red zone. 
Hampton has averaged 92 rushing yards per game, along with those seven rushing touchdowns. He's been great. And they just recently got back Devontae Walker, who was cleared by the NCAA to play this season after problems with transfer eligibility from Kent State. They ended up not letting him play for the first part of the season, and they ended up just clearing him last week. So he had six catches of 43 yards in his debut for UNC. I think UNC is the better team in this game. I think they improve with the win today and become 6-0 with a 36-30 win today over the University of Miami. I think if you look at it, Miami's lost last week. I think it leaves them with a bad taste in their mouth, and I think they lose this game to UNC 36-30. So now I'm going to move on and talk about the number 18 team in the country, UCLA, traveling to the number 15 team in the country in Oregon State. A great Pac-12 showdown here between two top 25 teams. UCLA 4-1 on the year, coming off a 25-17 win last week over Washington State. Very impressive game there. I didn't expect Washington State to lose that one. Wasn't very high on UCLA heading into that game, but they impressed me in that when they found a way to win. UCLA's offense is led by freshman quarterback Dante Moore, 227 passing yards per game, just a 53% completion percentage, 9 passing touchdowns and 4 interceptions. He's also been sacked 14 times. A young quarterback who will develop and get better. The completion percentage will get better, I think, over time. The offense relies heavily on former Ball State running back Carson Steele, who is averaging 83 rushing yards per game and has two rushing touchdowns on the season. The UCLA defense is very impressive. 12 points per game allowed on defense and just 254 yards per game allowed as well. Very impressive defense for the Bruins. They are led by Darius Muasau, who has 25 tackles on the season with six tackles for a loss, four sacks, and interception. He's a guy to keep your eye on in today's game. And then Oregon State is 5-1 on the season, coming off a 52-40 win last week over Cal. Their quarterback is DJ Uyangalele, former quarterback for the Clemson Tigers. He can move outside the pocket and scramble. That's what makes him dangerous. He has five rushing touchdowns on the season, 217 passing yards per game with 13 passing touchdowns and four interceptions. He's only been sacked four times, so that Oregon State offensive line has held their own so far this season. Damien Martinez has been crushing it for them in the backfield, 98 rushing yards per game and three rushing touchdowns. The Oregon State defense has been great this year, just allowing 20 points per game and 325 yards per game. Very impressive numbers there. Similar pass rush for both teams. 19 quarterback hits apiece. 18 sacks for UCLA to 60 for Oregon State. I like UCLA to win this one. I think they stay hot and pick up a win. Besides a 14-7 loss to Utah, they've been very good all season. They didn't really play the best of opponents to start the season. That's why I was really doubting them heading into Washington State last week. But they found a way to win that game. That was impressive. Give me UCLA winning this one, 27-23. I think it'll be a low-scoring, close game with UCLA picking up the W. Next up, we have Missouri at number 24, Kentucky. Missouri's 5-1 on the season. Missouri's an underrated 5-1 team as well. I think this game's going to be a toss-up. Missouri suffered their first loss of the season last week, losing a tough game to LSU, 49-39. Kentucky and Missouri are both averaging 33 points per game on offense, which is very impressive. Missouri is averaging 464 yards per game on offense. Kentucky at just 360. Kentucky's defense is allowing just 21 points per game. Missouri at 25 points per game on the season allowed on defense. Both teams have allowed around 350 yards per game on defense, so very similar there defensively. Brady Cook is the quarterback for Missouri. 313 passing yards per game, 13 touchdowns to two picks. And then Devin Leary is the quarterback for Kentucky. 209 passing yards per game, 12 touchdowns to five interceptions. Kentucky lost last week, a very tough game to Georgia, 51-13. We'll see how they bounce back this week. I don't think they pick up the win, though. I like Missouri to win this one, 28-24. Next up, we have Texas A&M at the number 19 team in the country in Tennessee. Tennessee is 4-1 on the season. Texas A&M at 4-2. 
Joe Mills on the quarterback for Tennessee hasn't been as great this season as most people expected. Still solid numbers, but I think I expected more electric numbers from him when I was giving my predictions before the season began. Nine passing touchdowns on the year with three interceptions and three rushing touchdowns. Not a bad year, but I expected bigger stats from him before the season began. Tennessee did have a big win last week over South Carolina, winning that one 41-20. A&M lost a close one last week to Alabama 26-20. I like Tennessee to win this game 31-27. Next up, we have Oregon at Washington, the number 18 in the country at the number 17 in the country in Washington. That's going to be a great game, the game of the week, and Washington's hosting college football game day for this game, so obviously everybody knew this game would be a great one. Two of the best offenses in the country going at it, and two Heisman candidates going at it as well in this Pac-12 showdown. Oregon's averaging 52 points per game on the season. That's obviously a big reason they have 5-0 on the year. Also, 558 yards on offense. Their defense allowing just 255 yards per game and 12 points per game, so the defense is elite and their offense is obviously great as well. Bo Nix, 1,459 passing yards on the season with an 80% completion percentage, which is best in college football. 15 passing touchdowns to one interception. He's made great strides over the last couple of years since transferring from Auburn to Oregon. Their running back is Jordan James, 59 rushing yards per game and seven rushing touchdowns. And the top wide receiver is Troy Franklin, who's been a stud this year. 32 catches for 535 yards and seven touchdowns. The best defensive back is Evan Williams. He is tied for the lead in sacks on the team with three. He's tied with Jordan Birch, a defensive end, for the Ducks, who has three sacks, 15 tackles, and four quarterback hits on the season. As for Washington, their offense is great as well. 46 points per game. Also averaging 569 yards per game on offense. So their offense is elite, and then the defense is good as well. Their defense has allowed just 18 points per game and 365 yards per game. I think Oregon's defense is better than Washington's, considering how good their pass rush is. Washington has just six sacks on the season. Oregon is 18. But Washington's defense does make up for it with interceptions. They have eight INTs on the year. Their quarterback is great. Michael Penix, 400 passing yards per game, 2,000 passing yards, 16 passing touchdowns, and two interceptions, with a 75% completion percentage and has been sacked just three times on the season. So Washington's offensive line has been elite. Very accurate quarterback, who's the best in the country, in my opinion, like I mentioned already. I think he's better than Drake May. I think he's better than Caleb Williams. I think May and Williams are very close. I think if I'm ranking the quarterbacks right now, I'm going Penix 1, Drake May a little bit above Caleb Williams, and Caleb Williams at 3. Their stats are all great. I think Williams probably has the best stats of those three guys. But when I'm watching all three of those quarterbacks play, I think Penix is the best. I think May's just above Williams. I have Williams at 3. I think Penix deserves more credit than he's been given so far this season. People are starting to talk about him now over the last couple weeks. But before the season, he wasn't getting as much buzz as he is now. He was great before the season began. Last year, he was great. One of the best quarterbacks in the country. Wasn't really getting talked about as much as he should have heading into this season. His wide receivers are great. Romo Dunes, 32 catches for 608 yards and four touchdowns on the year. Jalen Polk, another great receiver. Very under the radar, strong wideout who can go up and get it. 26 catches for 468 yards and four touchdowns on the season. And then Jalen McMillan, another great wideout. 20 catches for 311 yards and three touchdowns on the year. They don't really rely on their run game much, considering how good Penix is passing the ball and how great their receivers are. I think this game is going to be a high-scoring battle between these two elite Pac-12 quarterbacks. I expect both of them to throw for over 300 yards and three touchdowns. I believe in Washington more, though. They're the home team. I think they're the better team. And I'm more of a Penix fan than I am a Bo Nix fan. I think he throws for 410 yards in today's game and four touchdowns, giving me Washington winning this one in a high-scoring game, 45-40. Next up, we have UMass at number 6, Penn State. This is going to be a tough game for UMass. Their offense has started to turn things around this season. They're averaging 26 points per game on offense and 396 yards per game as well. Tyson Pumachon is back at quarterback for them after missing a few games. Last week against Toledo, he had a good game, 272 passing yards and two passing touchdowns. 
on the season, 788 passing yards with three touchdowns and three picks in the four games played. He relied heavily on Anthony Simpson last week to receive a four UMass, seven catches for 140 yards and a touchdown. Their offense uses the run game a ton. Karon Lynch Adams had 20 carries to 157 yards and a touchdown last week versus Toledo in total this season, averaging 94 yards on the ground and six rushing touchdowns. The defense is still an issue though for UMass, giving up 39 points per game and 452 yards per game. They have started to generate some pressure, though, on defense. 17 quarterback hits and 13 sacks on the year. They will have a big uphill battle today, though, versus Penn State's offensive line, which has been great on the year. Penn State has been a wagon, a team that I had in the college football playoff before the season began. And the way things look right now, they're going to be right there when the season ends. Penn State's going to be right there. My four teams heading into the season, in my predictions, it was Alabama, Florida State, Washington, and then Penn State. I forget what the order was between those four teams. But three of those teams look like they're going to be right there when the season does end. Alabama's a little bit out. They're outside the top 10 right now. But if I decided to take Georgia over Alabama rather than Alabama over Georgia winning the SEC, I probably would have had a great chance to drill almost all four teams the way things stand right now, which obviously still is a good amount of season left. But if I had Georgia right now, I would feel very comfortable with that top four right there being the college football playoff teams. But obviously without Georgia being in my predictions, it's tough considering I had Alabama. I had it as a hot take. I liked Alabama heading into the season. But right now, they do not look like they have a chance out of the college football playoff unless they went out and win the SEC. But obviously, there's still a long way to go. We'll see what does happen by the end of the year. As for Penn State, though, their offense has been great on the year, averaging 41 points per game, 430 yards. Very good offensive line. That's been their strong suit. Drew Alec, very good quarterback. 218 passing yards per game, nine touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns, and no interceptions. Hasn't made many mistakes to begin the season. Sacked just three times as well, which proves how good their offensive line is. Keandre Lambert-Smith is their top wide receiver. 25 catches for 372 yards and three touchdowns on the season. Former Kent State wide receiver Dante Cephas has seven catches for 103 yards on the year for Penn State. Their defense is very good as well. Just 10 points per game allowed on the season and 210 yards per game. They're allowing 9.6 points per game on defense and 210 yards per game on defense. That's unreal. So if UMass could find a way to score a couple touchdowns today, that would be impressive on its own. Penn State's defense, 20 sacks and 22 quarterback hits heading into this game. The best defensive end is Adisa Isaac, who is tied for most sacks on the team with three heading into this game. It'll be an uphill battle for UMass today. I think Penn State rolls in this one 52-10. Next up, we have the number 19 team in the country, Washington State, hosting Arizona. Washington State is coming off a tough loss last week to UCLA, 25-17 in that game. Not the best game from their quarterback, Cam Ward, who's been very good on the season, but that probably did kill his Heisman chances considering how poor he did play last week. Just a 47% completion percentage last week, 192 passing yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. Arizona's 3-3 three three on the season. They barely lost last week to USC 43-41. They lost 31-24 in the week prior to Washington. And they also beat Stanford earlier in the season 21-20, who just beat Colorado last night. So I like Arizona in this game. They're a scrappy team that has found ways to put together some wins this year. They're 3-3 three three against a tough schedule, and they've been right there with USC and Washington to begin the year. Arizona's averaging 30 points per game and 440 yards per game on offense, which is very impressive. Their quarterback is a backup who just started for them over the last couple weeks with some injuries to their quarterback room. Noah Fafita is their starting quarterback. He had a 71% completion percentage last week versus USC with 303 passing yards, five passing touchdowns, and an interception. And the two games ago versus Washington, he had a 69% completion percentage, 232 passing yards, and three passing touchdowns with an interception. In those games... He went up against Caleb Williams and Michael Penix, two of the top quarterbacks in the nation, and he held his own. He went toe-to-toe -to -toe 
with those two quarterbacks. Williams only had one passing touchdown and 219 passing yards in that game. He did have an interception and also did have three rushing touchdowns that game. He did run the ball a lot when he was in the red zone. And then Michael Penix in that game when Washington played Arizona, he had no passing touchdowns and 363 passing yards. So in those two games, Fafita held his own with Caleb Williams and Michael Penix. I think Arizona is better than their record shows. And as for Washington State, that was a disappointing loss last week. That was disappointing. I do like Cam Ward a lot. I like that offense a lot. They're averaging 40 points per game on offense. But their defense has given up 400 yards per game and 25 points per game. So I think Arizona wins this game. I think they're better than their record shows. I think they upset Washington State tonight and win the game 27-23. Next up, we have NC State at number 17, Duke. Duke will be without their quarterback, Riley Leonard, in this game. He suffered an ankle injury late in the game a couple weeks ago versus Notre Dame. So Duke will be starting Henry Beelin under center. He'll be making his first career start in college football. Without Leonard, I think it'll be an uphill battle for Duke in this game. NC State's a good team. They won 48-41 last week over Marshall. They lost 13-10 a couple weeks ago to Louisville. They're a tough team. They find ways to stay in games. I like NC State to win this game 24-21. If Leonard was playing, I think it'd be different. I would have Duke winning this game by 7 points. But with no Leonard in this game, I'm going to go with NC State having a big upset win over number 17, Duke, 24-21. The last game I'm going to mention is San Jose State versus New Mexico. Two teams have been struggling to begin the year. San Jose State's 1-5. New Mexico's 2-3. New Mexico barely beat UMass in Week 4, 34-31. They won that game in overtime. So obviously not as great of a team. They're 2-3. San Jose State's 1-5. San Jose State's coming off a tough loss last week to Boise State, 35-27 on the road. The quarterback, Shevin Cordero, had 325 passing yards in that game with no passing touchdowns and an interception. He did have nine carries of 29 yards and a touchdown on the ground in that one. Both teams are averaging 28 points per game on offense and are allowing around 30 points per game on defense. I do think San Jose State is a better team than their record shows. They're 1-5 heading into this game, but they've had a tough schedule to begin the year. Oregon State, Air Force, USC, three tough opponents in the first six games to begin the season. I think San Jose State's a better team than New Mexico. I think they win this game tonight, 36-28. And I think Shevin Cordero has a big game tonight. Throws for 300 yards and three touchdowns. Anyways, it will conclude this episode. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. As always, I appreciate it. I hope you guys have a good one. I will see you guys in the next episode. Thank you.